Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for January 26, 2021. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. Uh, probably off this week as the UFC is uh, uh, taking a week off, uh, but uh, probably be back next week. Okay, so uh, let's start with... Um, Last Friday, Charlotte Flair and Asuka appeared on SmackDown. Kind of a surprise appearance. Didn't know they were going to do that. But anyways, I have the video up on my blog. It's Charlotte Flair and Asuka versus the Riot Squad. So the WWE is doing an angle where Billy Kay, formerly of the Iconics, is trying to be a member of a Riot Squad. And by the way, the WWE splitting up the Iconics is one of the dumbest decisions in recent memory. So the match is besides the point, okay? The focus is on the Billy Kay angle. The match is fine, except Charlotte is in the ring match too much, and the Riot Squad get way too much offense. Also, Natalia and Tamina are watching backstage. Ugh. Predictably, Billy messes up, and Asuka hits a code breaker, followed by Charlotte's natural selection finisher, gets them to win. And afterwards, Billy apologizes, but Ruby is upset. And I have a feeling this is not the end of this angle. So, you know, they, it, they had him on the show, but to me, it didn't feel like, you know, it was special or anything like that. You know what I mean? Anyway, on last night's Raw, we have the video up from uh, Asuka versus Alexa Bliss from last night's Raw. So this is a continuation of what uh, they did last week, uh, where basically we have Alexa turn into the Fiend, right? And so this time it's for the Raw Women's Championship. So really, except for a couple of wrinkles, it's the same match as last week. I mean, they don't really do a whole lot different. I still didn't like the commentary. I think you have to really kind of go... Um, go a little more over the top with the fiend, and and you know really sell that the, that it's not Lexa, right? Uh, but they're not really doing that. So the first little wrinkle is when they have Alexa briefly transform into her old uh, character. She was in her old wrestling costume. You know, she had a terrified expression. It, it stops Asuka in her tracks as maybe this is the real Alexa and she needs help. So it turns out to be a ruse designed to trick Asuka because then Alexa becomes the fiend. And so Asuka was winning the match at the time. So, you know, they want to stop her momentum. And that's why they kind of had her turn. It was actually effective, okay? But... I'm getting a little tired of Asuka being bewildered. <laughs> I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so the Fiend comes back. So then the Fiend gets the mandible claw on Asuka, and Randy Orton shows up and takes Alexa out with the RKO. And that's when they go off the air. So so they, you know, that, that so that was that was it. You know, uh, they tried to make Orton's appearance seem like a surprise, but it was predictable. I mean, I figured he would show up. Doesn't make any sense to do anything else. Oh, will Alexa win the title? I said, no, they're not going to change the titles because what they're going to do is they're going to have Orton show up, and that, that'll end the match. So there, you know, there was no match decision or anything. So 
I don't know if this angle will continue or if Orton basically continues the angle with Alexa and The Fiend. If it does continue with Asuka, I would like to see Asuka counter The Fiend with her own evil persona because she's quite capable of doing that, okay? And, and but I, I don't think the angle will continue. I do suspect that um, Orton will uh, go back to feuding with The Fiend, okay? Because what they want is for The Fiend to return, you know, in, with Bray Wyatt in some form, okay? And at that point, Asuka, uh, if Wyatt returns, then Alexa doesn't have to turn into The Fiend anymore, okay? Meanwhile, Asuka and Charlotte Flair will defend the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships on this Sunday's Royal Rumble against um, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Um... You know, so that should be uh, okay. Now, the pro, like I said, I was not a fan of this angle in general. And the reason I didn't like it is because it kind of came out of nowhere, you know, and, and, and it didn't make any damn sense. And it still doesn't make any damn sense. And, um, like, Asuka is very creative. If you give her license to do something really creative with this, she could make it better without any question. But I guess they didn't really want that. They wanted, you know, they wanted the fiend to be, un, you know, indestructible or something like that. I guess that's what they're going for. I don't know. So anyway, don't forget the Royal Rumble will be this Sunday uh, on the WWE Network. I, I, I'm, I am, uh, by the way, aware of what they did in the WWE, uh, what the big deal the WWE Network has met, made with... Um, um, uh, Peacock, NBC's Peacock service. Uh, I should point out that uh, this is only in the U.S. It does not affect anything in Canada. Uh, here in Canada, we already get the WWE Network on cable, and uh, um, it's not going to change. It's going to be the same thing. Uh, well, uh, looking at the deal that they've got with Peacock in the U.S., it's, I mean, it's a great deal for the viewer. I mean, if you've got Xfinity, you get it for nothing, you know. What more could you want? I'd love to see him do that here, but I don't think they will. Okay. So again, the Royal Rumble is this Sunday. We're going to have the uh, Women's Royal Rumble match. And uh, as well, like I said, the uh, Tag Team Championship. And also, uh, Sasha Banks will be defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Carmella. She, she did that match with the uh, sommelier Reginald on uh, Wednesdays, on, on last week's um, SmackDown, and people complained about it. It was too choreographed and stuff like that. But you've got to keep in mind, they have to do an intergender match like that without uh, Reginald actually doing anything to, to, um, to Sasha. So I thought it was a brilliant performance by Sasha. I mean, she did a great job. And if you're wondering about Reginald, they keep making reference to Cirque du Soleil. Well, that's who he worked for. He was in Cirque du Soleil before he came to the WWE. So he's not really a wrestler. He's more of a, I don't know, dancer, acrobat, whatever the hell you want to call him. Whatever they do at Cirque du Soleil, that's what he does. All right. I don't know how good he is at wrestling, but we didn't really get a good idea of that in that match. Okay, but I thought considering 
that they don't really do intergender matches in the WWE. I thought, uh, you know, it was brilliant, especially uh, Sasha's performance. She made it look like it was a competitive match when he didn't really do anything. <laughs> so it was pretty funny in that respect. Okay, uh, let's go on to the UFC. Last Saturday, we had uh, UFC 257. There were three women's matches on the show, so we want to go over them here just quickly. Uh, the first one is Joanne Calderwood versus Jessica I. Uh, and um, uh, both fighters are looking to get back into the flyweight title picture. Joanne had a title shot at one point, but, you know, she while waiting for Valentina Shevchenko to be healthy, she lost the title shot to Jennifer Maya. Joanne is from Scotland, but she now trains with John Wood at Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas. And, of course, they are also an item. Jessica lost a title match and had recent health problems solved when she had her gallbladder removed. She is from Cleveland, but now trains with Eric Nixick at Extreme Couture in Las Vegas. Both fighters prefer standing and neither are finishers, so I expected it to go the distance. But uh, Joanne won the fight pretty easily, 30-27. to 27. I didn't think it was that dominant a win, but I think it wasn't so much that she did a lot. It's that Jessica didn't do much, okay? You know, she, she, Joanne landed more punches, and all Jessica seemed to try to do was clinch on the fence, and, you know, she even did that in round three when, you know, she must have known she needed to finish, so, um, you know, just because you control the clinch on the fence doesn't mean the judges are going to give you any credit for that anymore. I, I mean, I think the judges have gotten a little more sophisticated than that, I guess. Anyway, uh, one of the things we talked about on uh, last week's uh, Big Topic of Women's MMA podcast had to do with, uh, well, if Joanne wins, does she get a title shot? And I guess my point was it depends how she wins. If she wins in a dominant fashion, you might be able to uh, justify giving her a title shot. But I, I didn't think the win was dominant enough. And, and uh, you know, uh, it's mostly I didn't think Jessica fought particularly well. Okay. Anyways, for me, Jessica Andrade still gets the title shot. Okay. Now we have um, Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Ribas from, uh, and um, that fight is at strawweight. Both fighters are Brazilian. Michelle Waterson was supposed to be Amanda's opponent, but she pulled out. Amanda is seemingly headed towards a t the title picture. She trains with her dad and Marcos de Mata. She trained at uh, American Top Team for this camp. Marina is 34 years old from Florianopolis, Brazil. She trains with Marco, Marcio Malco at Thai, Brazil. She is mainly a kickboxer with a 2-1-2 UFC record, which means she doesn't do enough to win fights and she's not a finisher. So round one in this fight went as expected. Amanda got a takedown and controlled Marina with ground and pound. So she won the round 10-9. Marina did nothing in that round. Okay, So in round two... Marina rocked Amanda with a punch, okay? The fight really should have been stopped immediately, okay? Because Amanda wasn't going to recover. But Herb Dean let it continue for some reason, but he stopped it a few seconds later. Of course, it's a big win for Amanda, for Marina, not to mention unexpected. But as is usually the case when this sort of thing happens, you know, people overreact to everything. My God. One lucky punch doesn't make Marina an instant title contender. She needs to show that she can do this again. I think it's very doubtful because she hadn't done it before. And even in this fight, before that one lucky punch, 
she did nothing. Okay? So you can't take one lucky punch and turn it into a title shot. It's absurd. Anyway, you know, maybe Jorgejicek could test her. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Now, Amanda could easily bounce back from this and be even better, okay? One fight doesn't make or break anyone. So that's the thing to keep in mind. You know, it's unfortunate for Amanda because she had a chance here, especially, you know, with this pay-per-view, as big as it was, that if she gets a big win with a stoppage or something like that, you know, she becomes a star. But she could still become a star if she comes back for that. And in fact... If she does come back from it, which I kind of think she will, she could turn into, into an even bigger star. My guess is Marina will have trouble with a higher level of competition. One lucky punch doesn't make anybody, okay? It has to be more consistent than that. And consistent. And as far as Marina Rodriguez goes, I don't think she can do that, all right? Maybe she'll show me she can but I don't think so. All right. The third one on this show was Juliana Pena versus Sarah McMahon at Bantamweight. They're both veteran fighters on the comeback trail. Juliana could have gotten a title shot, but she stupidly lost to Jermaine Durandemi, someone she should have beaten. She just, at times, makes really dumb mistakes, okay? Um, you know, she's her own worst enemy sometimes. Of course, Sarah won a silver medal for wrestling in the Olympics, so automatically people think she's a great MMA fighter. I think she has the talent, but not the mindset to be a great MMA fighter. And it is not something new that I've come up with. This is something that I've thought about her since she started out. I've seen her since before she was an Invicta. So I've never been very impressed with her as a fighter. Some people are just impressed with her background, not necessarily... Not, you know, they think, well, with that background, she must be great in MMA. And the uh, bottom line is, the answer is no, she's not. So a couple of years ago, she moved to Team Alpha Male in Sacramento. So she won her return after a two-year break. Oh, and she's 40 years old. All right, so round one was close. I thought Sarah won it marginally, 10-9. Uh, Juliana won round two, 10-9. So it's tied going into round three. Juliana finally gets Sarah on the ground and submits her with a rear naked choke. So she goes on to accuse Amanda Nunez of ducking her. And I guess she forgot that she lost to Jermaine. As for Sarah, maybe it's time to retire. So those videos are all up on my blog, and so are the WWE videos. Don't forget to check out my blog. If you can check out, watch all those videos at frankp316.blogspot.com. Also, check out my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. I think what we're going to do this week is, is um, take a break for a week because there's no UFC show this week. And they're going back to Las Vegas for February 6th. Okay, and we'll uh, come back next week. And we'll review these same matches at the time. Uh, again, if you have any uh, uh, questions or comments for either of my uh, podcasts or my blog, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Have a good week. We'll talk to you later.